All righty. We are dealing with heaven and earth and heaven and earth passing away. And uh, I said Sunday night that I was going to let the cat out of the bag and just start from kind of the uh, end thought or near the end thought. And then I was going to work back through that. And that's what we're going to do tonight. And I will share this as ground uh, from Sunday night to uh, consider heaven and earth passing away. I believe passed at the cross and the destruction of uh, Israel, that the old heaven, as Isaiah said, was rolled up as a scroll. And the new heaven and the new earth, the day of that began to dawn in the apostles' heart and came into manifestation as the old system was taken off the earth, which was the old temple, the old law, and there's where the elements burn up and passed away. Now, one of the substantial scriptures that I see in this thought of heaven and earth passing away are a couple of substantial scriptures to me. And if you want to turn in a moment, we'll be in Isaiah chapter what is it? 66. But before we turn there, just a couple of substantial things in my heart in this is in Revelation chapter 5, there's a lamb that appears in the throne. Jesus makes a statement in the book of Revelation. He says, behold, I make all things new. So, Prior to Revelation chapter 5, prior to the cross, there's a lamb slain in the heart of God, but it's not manifested until Jesus comes forth, becomes a man, dies, buried, and is resurrected and ascended back into the Father. And the government changes right there. The government of God changes from the old covenant to the new covenant in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where the government changes. And in Hebrews 12, we see this. We've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to God, the judge of all. Now, judge, God, the judge. And the next part of that, to the spirits of just men made perfect. Okay. Now, that's a different judgment than the judgment of the law. Because through the judgment of the law, no man could be made perfect. But through the judgment of Christ, the lamb in the throne, we are made complete. We are made perfect. That's a whole different judgment. 
And to me, that is a new heaven and new earth, wherein is righteousness. Now, in Isaiah 66, I told you we were going to read that. And again, we're, re we're reading from Matthew 24, verse 34. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Mark that my words in your heart. His words aren't going to pass. Now, let's start working this out a little bit. Isaiah 66 says, verse 1, Thus saith Jehovah, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What manner of a house will you build me? And what place shall be my rest? For all these things have my hand made, and so all these things came to be, saith Jehovah. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and that trembleth at my word. So God says, Heaven is his throne. Now, in our thoughts, how, how many times have we considered heaven as God's throne? That's what God says. Heaven is my throne. Yeah. What is a throne? In the natural, a throne is, represents government. So, so the heavens being higher than the earth, the light coming from heaven, some of the things we talked about Sunday night, speaks of God's dominion. So if I'm living in the heavens, I'm living in the dominion of God. Okay. So in the heavens, they see a lamb in the throne. So in God's dominion is a lamb that was slain and resurrected. That's in the dominion of God. So if I begin to live in the heavenly mind, I live according to the lamb. Now, we, we dealt with this some time ago in a teaching we did as it is in heaven. And we looked at the lamb in heaven and Christ in the throne. And so, so if I'm living in the comprehension of the heavenlies, I'm living in the comprehension of Christ in the throne. Okay? Now, heaven is also the abode of God, the dwelling place of God. So, so when we're looking at the spiritual heaven, we're we're looking at the place God resides. And it's, I think, more than just he's there, it's, it's how he's there. It's his substance. It's who he is. So to be heavenly, like, like Paul writes in Corinthians, that we bore the image of the earthly, we shall bear the image of the heavenly. To be heavenly is to be dwelling 
in the state of being, in the mind, in the heart, in the purpose and will of God. That's heaven. Now, I could be a Christian and not be living, so to speak, as heavenly. And that's what Paul says in one place, says, you're carnal, you walk as men. Because you're not living in the mind, the will, the purpose, spirit, and life of God. And to me, that's heavenly. If I'm living in God and God is living in me, whether I'm on the earth or my body has went back to the dust and I've went on with the Lord, to be heavenly is to live in his divine presence, in his divine nature. Glory to God. So that's heavenly. So coming on down through this to establish this in the scripture, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. I want us to go to Genesis and look at Jacob, Genesis 28, verses 10 through 22. And I'll let you all get there. says, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. <clears throat> and he lighted up on a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Now, I've made a deal or emphasized this before, the angels ascended and descended. The way that we probably think of angels, we would think of them descending <laughs> and ascending. But here he beheld the angels ascending and descending upon the ladder. And behold, Jehovah stood above it and said, I am Jehovah, the God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the lamb whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it into thy seed. The land where thou liest. Now, now we know that in the natural was Canaan land, but if we can see this spiritually, the land where the angels are ascending and descending upon the ladder. Now, who's the ladder? Who's Jacob's ladder but Jesus Christ? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So ascending upon him, descending upon him, upon him. That's what we do as believers. We ascend into heavenlies in Christ. We come to the Father in Christ, to what the Father is in Christ, to the substance of the Father in Christ. We ascend there. As we eat of him, as we partake of him, we ascend from the earth to the heavens. We know in the earth a measure of the heavens by knowing the Lord, because he's the Lord of heaven, right? He's the Lord of glory. So we know that by knowing him. This Glorious peace and joy and life that we live in is not earthly. It's heavenly. 
That's heavenly. So here Jacob is ascending. There's not Jacob, but he's seeing the angels ascending upon the ladder, and Jehovah's above it. And he says, I am Jehovah, the God of Abraham, thy father, the God of Isaac, the lamb whereon thou liest to thee, will I give it unto thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And in thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee whithersoever thou goest and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely Jehovah is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and he said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put under his head, and he set it up for a pillar, and he poured oil up on top of it, and he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to the fathers, to my father's house in peace and Jehovah will be my God. Then this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, pillar shall be God's house. And all of that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee a tenth of it. So here at Bethel, Jacob has the dream he says, Jehovah's here. And he called this stone the house of God. The stone that he laid down to rest on. Now, if we can't see Jesus here, I, I don't know <laughs> what, what we see. Because the only place we can lay down and rest is in him. There's no other place I can rest but Christ. So Jacob laid down and rested in Christ here in type and shadow, and he sees the vision of the Lord. He comes to seeing the vision of the Lord, and he sees Jehovah there. He sees Jehovah present. He sees the presence of the mighty God. Okay? That's what he sees. God is in this place. Jehovah's here. And I didn't know it. Now, to me, that's what Canaan represents, to be honest with you. To just cut to the chase with Canaan as well. And we've talked about this. Like Jesus comes says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And the children of Israel are moving out of Egypt to a land flowing with milk and honey. Do you not see the type and shadow of Jesus saying, I've come that you may have life to have it more abundantly? But in order to live in this abundant life, just like the children of Israel, we have to cross over. Okay? We have to cross over the Jordan and come into life. Because if we wander around in the wilderness, we may be Christians wandering in the wilderness and benefiting from God. They were benefiting in miracles, signs, and wonders. Their shoes didn't wear out. Uh, a lot of great things were going on with God there in the wilderness. You know, you, you saw mighty signs and wonders, but the peace of God, the joy of God, the 
what we call completion or fullness of God was over in the land. I have to cross over to the land. I have to move from that place. And where God appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was Canaan. You know, that to me just is powerful. God appears in Canaan to them. And he says, this is the place I'm going to give you. You know, to Jacob, he tells him, this is, this is the place of inheritance, angels. And, 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 we, and we've thought of it only as, as the land, as the physical land, but the place where the presence of God is, where angels are ascending and descending upon Jacob, upon the lap, where the house of God is, where the place of God is, where God puts his feet. Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where does God put his feet? In Jerusalem. <laughs> That's where he winds up dwelling the mountain of the Lord. You know, we read that in the scripture, the mountain of the Lord. The mountain of the Lord in the book of Psalms, probably Isaiah, different places in the scripture. And sometimes it doesn't get us that the mountain of the Lord, what, what do they still call the, the place where the temple was built? The temple mount. The mountain of the Lord. So there it was physical. And God dwelled there in a cloud and a fire. His presence was among the Israelites. He was God in their midst. He wasn't far away from them. From the time he led them out of Egypt to the time he brought them into the promised land, he was God in their midst. That's what he was, Jehovah God, God of covenant, God in the midst. And, and when he says that to Moses, that my name Jehovah was I not made known to them, that I appeared unto them as the Almighty God or the El Shaddai, but by my name Jehovah I was not made known to them, I believe we just read that Jacob said Jehovah's in this place. And I believe if you go read uh, about Abraham, he calls him Jehovah. But by my name, by my identity, because a name, you know, I know we say it's nature, and I agree with that, but I believe it's more than that. I believe that's part of his name is his nature. I believe it's his authority. I believe it's his identity. And so the identity of Jehovah was not made known, even though they may have known the name of Jehovah. See, and the identity of Jehovah came when he come down and brought them out of Egypt as a shepherd and led them into the land of Canaan, because he shepherded them as sheep into the land of Canaan, right? So he was a shepherd, and he was shepherding them into the land. And they were like sheep. They were his flock. The Lord was, the Lord is my shepherd, that song. Now, if we see that with Israel, he's guiding them as a shepherd into the land of Cain, coming down. And, it, and Jesus does, fulfills that. I have come down to bring them out. 
of the land of Egypt unto a land that is large, flowing with milk and honey. And what does Jesus do? It says that he being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, but lowered himself, came down to bring them to the place that God chose for them to dwell or for us to dwell. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. But to get us in Christ, Jesus had to come down. He had to take on the form of a servant to bring us in that place. And we're ever coming into the fullness or greatness of the land as we know him, as he's revealed, as he's made known. That's what we're doing. We're coming to live in the land that he's brought us to. And this land is called Christ. Amen. So when I look back at the old covenant here, the old, this is really before the law was given. And I look in Exodus 15. In Exodus 15, 13 through 18. And then Exodus 19 after that, it says, Thou, 15, 13 says, Thou in thy loving kindness have led the people that thou hast redeemed. Now look at this. He leads them and he redeems them. <laughs> thou hast guided them in thy strength to thy holy habitation. Whose strength? The arm of the Lord, the strength of God. So he's guided them in his strength to his holy habitation. The peoples have heard, they tremble, pangs have taken hold of the inhabitants of Philistine. Then were the chiefs of Edom dismayed, the mighty men of Moab trembling take of hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan are melted away. Terror and dread falls upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They are still as a stone. Till thy people pass over, O Jehovah, till the people pass over that thou hast purchased, thou wilt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, the place, O Jehovah, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in. The sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established, Jehovah shall reign forever and ever. This is where God was bringing them, to his habitation. Okay? To his habitation. He was taking them from bondage, taking them from their own habitation. See, he took... Abraham from his own habitation, get out of thy country from thy kindred to the place that I showed thee. And what happened? The Lord appeared. He brought him into Canaan and the Lord appeared there. Get a hold of that. I'm going to show you something, Abraham. Abram, he appears. The place of his appearing, the place of his habitation, the place of his sanctuary. So all of this is going on in Israel. Now, that's also said, I said I was going to read the other verse, so I will, but there's another verse burning in my heart, and I'll read this, and I'll try to find the other verse that's really burning in me. 
In Exodus 19, 3 through 11, it says, And Moses went up unto God, and Jehovah called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and I bear, how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. See, to me, this, I, I see John 14, At that day you'll know I am in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. You'll know I brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession from among all people. You're going to be mine. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Listen to that. Listen, listen, you're going to be my people. I'm going to be your God. This people here, Israel, were the representation of the Lord in the earth. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, where I wanted to go, and I, and I wrote this note, I said, I'll, I'll read you this, but you can turn to Deuteronomy 4, 32 through 35. And I wrote this in the book I've been working on. This is rich. God had brought them to himself. They would be his very own possession or his very possession in the earth. They would be his people. They would be his kingdom and his nation. In Deuteronomy 4, God said by Moses, looking back at all of creation, even to the beginning when he made Adam, there had never been a people like this before. A people that God was going to take out of a nation to be his nation a people in which God would dwell with. And I tell you, as great as this was, we who are the church, the Lord's body, are now the people that God not only dwells with, but dwells within. Amen. This people represent heaven and earth. The people, the earth, heaven, God's presence. The word of God is speaking of God in them, or God in a people. Deuteronomy 4, verse 32. For ask now of the days that are past, which were before thee, since the day that God created man upon the earth, and from the one end of heaven unto another, unto the other, whether there have been any such thing as this great thing, or have been heard like it. Did ever a people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire, as thou hast heard and lived? Or have God essayed to go and take him a nation from the midst of another? By trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand, by an outstretched arm, and by great terrors, according to all that Jehovah God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. He took a people out of a nation. Now, what does that sound like? To me, man, he made man. And out of man, he took a people to be his. What do you mean he took a people? Through new birth, through death, burial, and resurrection, through the power and might of Jehovah God. This people that receive him, he's taken to be his very own. Now, he created all mankind. You say, well, all mankind is the Lord's, but he took this people to be a holy nation, a priesthood, a 
a people who are in, are in communion with the Lord. That's what he's done. A people that is knowing him and that he's intimately knowing in relationship with. That's the church. See, see, all of this is laid out in type and shadow in Israel. And, and, and see, there's brothers out here and teachers out here today saying, well, the law wasn't right or the law may have not been necessary. And I want to say, you're just in error. Because the law was the very type and shadow of the life of Jesus Christ. While they couldn't keep the, you want to know why we couldn't keep the law? Because it was the type and shadow of a life that was greater than us. That's what it was. It was the type and shadow of him. You, you want to know why it had to be sealed with the blood of an animal? Because it had to be sealed with the blood of another. Had to be sealed with the life of another. Because our life couldn't do it. Our life couldn't achieve it. See, see, if you look at Leviticus, it says the life is in the blood. So he sealed it with the life of another, a life of another. And now in Christ, it's another life living in us. It's the life that the law spoke of living in us, this holy, glorious life living in us. That's why you can't do away with the law. And you can't do away with what it represents because it was the very word given of God that represents Christ Jesus himself. Came out of God. Where, where did Jesus come from? The, the law was spoken at Sinai out of God. Came out of God. And a people were living unto that word. Now, if you can't see Jesus there, if you can't hear the Spirit of God here, as Sinai, the words given. And now a people are being governed. Heaven is my throne. A people are being governed by the word. They're living unto God in a word. They get up in the morning in a word. They walk around in a word. That, that word is guiding their whole life. And, and the reason, like I said, they can't keep it is because it's speaking of the life of another. See, if they could have kept it, then, then they would have been great enough. But oh, it's speaking of one greater than them. One holier, one more powerful that was to come. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Who came out of the Father? The Word of God made for us. The Word of God. The Word that God dwells in. The Word that dwells in God. Came out of God and came into the earth and was manifest. But now this word is in us, this Christ. See, see, what passed away was the type and shadow of it. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Heaven and earth shall pass away. The type and shadow passed away. Because the place 
of God's feet was Jerusalem. That's where he dwelled. Where's the house you'll build me? Well, they built him a house in Jerusalem. But even Solomon understood this isn't the final habitation. This can't contain God. But God, he prayed, God, honor this house. And God did. God dwelled in that house. God had walked in the tabernacle of Moses. And, and his presence come and dwelled in that house. And he told them, I will meet with thee above the ark of the covenant, above the mercy seat. See, there's, there's the throne, the mercy seat, the place of government, the seat of government. And God ruled there in the midst of Israel according to his word, the law. That's how he ruled. That's how he governed. See, they shall be my people. So, so, so there's the government of God, the throne of God. And I believe it's in Ezekiel or Isaiah or both of them, and maybe the Psalms too, where it says he was enthroned between the cherubim. That's his, that was his throne. He dwelled there. Enthroned. And he communed with them, it says in Exodus, according to the word, the law. But Lord, every, every bit of this, I just see Jesus. See, he communes with us according to a greater word than the law. He communes with us according to the word of Christ, to the word that is Christ. That's how God communes with us. That's why the old had to pass away. And Jesus said, but my word shall not pass away. Upon his shoulders, upon, you know, unto us a child is born, the son, a son is given. Of the increase of his government, the lamb and the throne, there will be no end. These words that he set forth aren't going away. They're not like the law that was a type and shadow of the word. Speaking of the word, the word who is Christ is the word is spake of. That's the place God was looking when he says, unto this man will I look. A new man, a new creation, created of God in Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. This man will I look. Yes, Lord. Let us see this type and shadow here. Let us see the picture you painted through your word of Christ. Let us embrace it. Because God, it's your word. That was set forth in Israel. I'm going to take you to myself, to the sanctuary that my hands are, have made. And he brings them in to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is the place the house is built. And the presence of God enters that house, heaven, 
the presence of God. God dwells in the heavens. So if God was in that house, would the heavens not be in that house? Sure. There, I believe, is where his feet touch the earth. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. And you found it there in that old covenant temple. Heaven and earth. And you find it in that people. Heaven and earth. Heaven and earth shall pass away. And Isaiah says he's going to roll it up as a scroll. And Jesus come and finished the work. Jesus come and completed everything it said. And brought forth the new in himself. In himself. So here's where we're at in the new. Not in the type and shadow, but we look at the type and shadow and we see him. We look there and we see the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Well, I will stop right here tonight. We'll pick this up uh, Sunday night, and then we'll have another minister uh, next week. Uh, uh, I'm going to look at who's uh, up to minister. I think it's about Brother Dale's time. Uh, so, so hopefully next Tuesday night, Brother Dale Grimm will be speaking with us again. And then uh, we'll probably have Brother uh, Bishop David Le Levister soon. I'm also going to reach out to him and then reach out to each one of you all that are ministers here, Brother Mark and Bob and James and the whole group, Jimmy and Kim, to share in the coming weeks. But we will stop right here. And thank you all for uh, obedience and joining tonight. God bless you.